we just had Lag Boimer. We all know Lag Boimer is the Rashbi's yard site, but it's also the yard site of the Ramah. The Ramah, the, who wrote the map of the annotations on Shulchan Aruch, or the Beis Yosef. He was a contemporary of the Beis Yosef, although the Beis Yosef was much older. But uh, the Ramah was a contemporary, he was the love of Krakow. <clears throat> there is a misconception that the Ramah was 33 when he passed away, that is not correct. Choinim uh, already pointed out, the base of Raim and others, that it doesn't add up based on the writings of the Ramah. It's pretty clear that he was much older than that. He wasn't an old man, he was in his 50s maybe when he passed away. But definitely not 33. Um, <clears throat> one of the things they bring is that this Shuvah that he wrote, that if he died at 33, then he must have written that Shuvah when he was nine years old, which would be a little bit an exaggeration. So, um, be it as it may, this is an awesome story about the Ramor, which I heard from Rabbi Ankele, the Rebbe of Shavosk. He heard it from the Narola Rebbe, not the present one, the one before him. Narola Rebbe, incidentally, was very close to the Rebbe. And uh, he used to see him a lot in 770. The Rebbe used to um, pay a lot of attention to him. They were Belzer Hasidim. The city of Narol was a community of Belzer Hasidim, but the, the Rebbe of Narol was also a Rebbe. So the Narola Rebbe told this to Rabbi Ankele, and he heard it from uh, uh, the son, the stepson of Rabdavid Moshe of Chodkev. Rabdavid Moshe of was the holy Chodkev Rebbe. He was the son of the Rishonah, the holy Rishonah. Rabdavid Moshe of married a second time after his first wife. His first Rebbetzin passed away. His second Rebbetzin had a son from a previous marriage. And that's the son that the Narola Rebbe heard it from. So we have a history to that story. It's a story which has a very incredible history, going back to the Chodkever, the beloved Moshe of Chodkever. That son, that stepson of the Chodkever, told the story that this happened when, during his bar mitzvah. His bar mitzvah was attended, of course, by the Chodkever Rebbe and the whole family. His mother was already married to the Chodkever Rebbe. So at the bar mitzvah, something happened. The Chodkiva told the story. And the story has uh, another story. Basically, in Chodkiva, there was a minhag that if a letter came, and there was an important letter that um, the letter came from a community that needed help with something, they would put the letter on the table together with all the food and the Gabai would read the letter and appeal to the people to be helpful to this cause. So if a community can send a letter to the Chodkiv Rebbe that the community needs money for something, so they would Shabbos, the next Shabbos, when there was a Kiddush, they put a cake on the table and they would put the letter on top of the cake and they would announce that this community needs help. During this uh, guy's bar mitzvah, the Chotkev Rebbe Stepson's bar mitzvah, the guy was telling the story, on that Shabbos, and a letter came from a city not far from Chotkev. And the letter said that the community needs money urgently. 
that need money urgently for the purpose of building a mikveh or a cheder. He doesn't remember exactly the, the reason, but they needed money urgently. As the Gabbai announced uh, what the letter, the content of the letter, the child Kivarebbe, Rabbi David Moshe, turned to his son, Rabbi Yisrael. Rabbi Yisrael was the next child Kivarebbe. He passed away in Vienna in the 1930s, Rabbi Yisrael. Um, <clears throat> so the Rabbi David Moshe turns to his son, Rabbi Yisrael, and says to him, no, after Shabbos, I'd like you to take care of it and go around and raise money and, um, and make sure that there's enough money to send to that community. Um, so the the Chodkev Rebbe, Rabbi David Moshe, had several Gaboim. In Chodkev, they called him a Mekurev, somebody who's close to the Rebbe. They didn't call him a Gabai. Gabai is more like a secretary. A Mekurev is a more honorable title. Somebody who was very close to the Rebbe and has had a greater knowledge, was a Talmud Chachem. So the first Mekurev said, uh, said to, to the Rabbi David Moshe, right there on the spot, and it's not the right time for this, for the Rebbe's son, Rabbi Yisrael, such an important guy, that he should go around, uh, you know, drag his feet and, and a whole week and schlep and try to get money for, for, this, for this cause. So it's a lot of work and a lot of effort, and it's also not an easy job. People reject you and people refuse to give what you ask them for and so on. It's, it's, another, it's an unpleasant job. So... <clears throat> so the Mekurev said, uh, Rabbi Saul shouldn't be doing this. It's not for his honor, for his stature. This is not, a, not the right thing to do. The other Mekurev, the second Gabbai, also said something similar. So the Rabbi David Moshe understood that this was set up by his son. His son Rabbi Saul was also a great man. But he didn't want to, he had things that he needed to do, important things. And he felt that this job would encroach on other important things in his, of his in his time, and he that he was the one who set up the gaboy. Since he, as a son, he didn't want to reject his father's offer, his father's suggestion, uh, out of respect for his father. So he set up the gaboy. They knew before Shabbos that this is going to come up. So he he set up the gaboy that they should defend him in front of the father in case the father. Uh, instructs him to be the one to go and raise the money. Rabdavid Moshe understood that this must have come from his son. So he said to his son, you know what? I was going to tell a story. Then I decided not to. But now that I see you don't want to go raise the funds for tzedakah, you don't want to do the fundraising, I'll tell you the story. And the story is a story that took place with Ramah. Rav Moshe Israelis. Rav Moshe Israelis He's called Israelis because he's Israels. It's actually Israels. He's Isser. His father's name was Isser. He was a very wealthy Jew. Um, and he supported his son. And he supported also the yeshiva. His son had a, the Ramah had a yeshiva or a koilal for Talmud HaChachamim. He supported that as well. So the Ramah was the rabbi of Krakow, right? His kever is right there by, by the shul. And uh, <clears throat> in Krakow, there was a Jew by the name Yankel the, the, the Traeger, Yankel Porter. The reason they called him Yankel the Porter, because he was a porter. He, he made a living from carrying heavy bags and loads for other people. 
And that's how um, he made a living from Sunday to Friday. They also called him Yankel Shikr, Yankel the Drunk. Why did they call him Yankel the Drunk? Because on Fridays at noon he would stop working and would go to the bar and drink maid. Maid is a kind of alcoholic beverage, very popular in Poland. And he would drink, sip the maid for hours before Shabbos. And he would get quite uh, high on, the, on this maid. One Friday, Rabbi Yankel, the porter, um, <clears throat> finished his work at noon, and he had enough money to go to the, to the bar, the Jewish tavern, and get a little uh, drunk. On his way, there was a woman staring from, the, from a window on the second floor, and she sees Yankel below on the streets walking, and nobody knew at 12 o'clock at noon, on the clock, Yankel would finish work. In honor of Shabbos, he would finish early. He'd finish early and then he would go to the bar to drink. So she thought of uh, expressed herself loudly, which Yankel could hear. And she said, here, I don't have money for Shabbos. She was a poor woman. And Yankel is going to get drunk. Yankel heard this. And suddenly a struggle ensued inside of him. Here's this woman doesn't have food for Shabbos and I'm going to drink. And decided in favor of giving the money he had in his pocket, instead of drinking, he gave it to the woman she should have for Shabbos. Yankel went home. Instead of going to the bar, he went home. People had still wanted to hire him for things. He said, no, no, he's going home. And he laid down on a couch, on a bed, and he died. Matzah uh, Shabbos, the Bismedrish that the Ramor was supporting with his father's money, um, he was full of Talmud HaChachamim, people learning Torah. So the Ramor walks in, Matzah Shabbos, this is that Matzah Shabbos after this incident with Yankel on Friday. So the Matzah Shabbos after that, the Ramor walks into the Bismedrish, and he asks people, the, 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 the Rabbanim, the Chachamim, who were learning there, do you know what, anything about, any news about Yankel the porter? So one of the, uh, there was a younger guy there who said, oh, Yankel, it was like a, a yeshiva bacher, a teenager. He says, yeah, Yankel died on Friday. He said, because my mother was uh, looking for a porter late Friday afternoon. She needed to take some stuff from, from the market to home. And, and I went to look for him, and I was told that he just died. <clears throat> so the Ramah um, said, okay. And he told the story, the following story. The reason why he's asking and inquiring about Yankel. He said, Yankel came to him tonight on Matzah Shabbos. The Ramah didn't know that he died. And tells him the following thing. He says, I'm in Ganadin. I died on Friday. I went up there and they gave me Ganadin because I had no Averis. <laughs> it's interesting. A guy who used to get drunk every Friday, but he was a pure, innocent, clean guy. Never did anything, didn't commit any sins. But he wasn't very learned. 
So they decided to make him a shamish of the Bezden Shalmailah. Since he didn't, to send him to Ganadin to learn Torah with all the great Chachamim, Tzadikim, he would feel out of place. So they made him, that he'll be the helper of the Bezden Shalmailah. That means the tribunal of the great Nishamas of Tzadikim, Chachamim, who serve on the heavenly tribunal. He'll be an assistant. And then he told the Ramon, I'll tell you why I came to you now. He says, I want you to understand what happened Friday. With that woman who cried out, she said, I don't have any money for Shabbos. So I want you to know that when Esther Amalka, in the story of Purim, passed away, and Hashemah came up Lomailo, and of course Esther was a tzedekis. She gave her life for the Jewish people. But in the heavens, they had this question. Her neshama came onto earth and she observed Torah mitzvahs with great effort and great sacrifice, even in the palace with Achashverosh, but she did it while being surrounded with wealth. Mordechai Atzadik was also wealthy. So when she lived with Mordechai, she was surrounded by wealth. Then in Achashverosh's palace, of course, she had all the wealth she needed. So she observed Torah mitzvahs um, while being, by being wealthy. She didn't suffer the challenge of poverty. How would she fare um, if she was poor? Would she still be as committed to Torah Mitzvahs? And Hanushama came back down into the world in that woman, that woman that stared from the second floor out of the window and made this comment on that Friday, this two days ago, he says to the Ramo, that was Hanushama of Esther Malcolm. <clears throat> and she cried out that she needs food for Shabbos, and I satisfied her need by giving her the, the few rubles that I had and um, gave it to her instead of drinking. So because I satisfied the Nisham of Esther Amalka, that's why um, they made me the Shamash the Bezna Shamara, which is a great honor. Then he says, it was also in the heaven, he overheard the Bezden Shalmaila, also deliberating the fate of the Ramor himself, the Rav from Kuka, the Rav from Krakow. And they said, the Rav from Krakow is growing up in a wealthy home. His father, Rebisser, was very wealthy. He's never known from poverty. He has learned Torah all his life, of course. He had all the support he needed. And um, he's a Rav, and he's... How, the question is, would he be as committed to learning Torah and to his pious life had he been subjected to a life of poverty? And the Bezen Shemaila was considering having the Ramot die and make him come back into the world to test him with the test of poverty. And so the... The Yankel, the porter, tells the Ramo that he heard this deliberation. So he went to the Ramo's defense and said, the Ramo goes around collecting money for the poor and the destitute and the, and the widows and the orphans. This chus of what he does for tzedakah, that he personally goes on his own to collect tzedakah funds for the needy, that itself should protect him, that he shouldn't, he shouldn't have to die. So they said, yes, it's true. It's true that he uh, 
goes uh, goes around collecting money, but he only goes to the rich. See, the rich, it's easy to collect from them. They have money, and they're nice to the love, because they, they, they don't feel the pinch when they give. But he doesn't go and give the poor the schus of giving tzedakah on their own level, as much as they can afford. Because it's not as pleasant to go to a poor man. The poor man starts crying, I'm poor, I don't have any money, I have to pay for this, I have to pay for that. So you, then you have to argue with the poor, and then they say no, and then... So it's not a very pleasant type of experience. So the Ramah doesn't do that. He only goes to those where he, where he knows he'll have a pleasant and a positive experience. So the Riyankel says, so, so the Ramah says to Yankel, he interrupts him and says to him, tell me, Yankel, are you still drunk? Because the Ramah didn't know that he was actually dead. He thought that Yankel was still alive. He drank on Friday, and he apparently must have been drunk through the whole Shabbos. And I was coming drunk, telling him this crazy story. So he said, I mean, go away, you're just drunk, <clears throat> right? Sober up. And Yankel left. Then the Ramah thought to himself, um, I was in my house next to the shul, the Ramah's shul, and all the doors were locked. In the shul, the doors in his house were locked. How did he get in? And then I started thinking, maybe there's some truth to what he was saying. And I just drove him away. So that's why I came into the Bismillah to ask if anybody has heard, if anything happened to this Yankel the porter. So now he realized that it's, this was not just a, a, a phony thing. This is Yankel coming from Olam Emes from the next world. <coughs> so he davened or did some things to have Yankel's Neshama come back. And Yankel came back, and Yankel told him, listen, I advise you that you should start collecting money from the poor, not only from the rich. Give them the schus to give tzedakah in their own way. It's not the most pleasant way to fundraise, but... In Shemaim, they value that even more. So the Chodkev Rebbe finished the story here and said to his son Rabbi Yisrael, to go and fundraise should not be an exercise uh, that's pleasant. Other Rebbe, to fundraise in a, from people that are not, when you don't have the time and it's pressure and, and you have to go through the frustration of uh, arguing with people, that fundraising that comes with some agony has much greater value in the heavens. And therefore he said to him, Rabbi Yisrael, I think you should go fundraise, even if it's hard.